Hi everyone, welcome to IG Notes, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes to explore the work of journalists around the world. This is Lindsay with the IGNet team. In this episode, we meet Paolo Borometti, a Sicilian investigative journalist whose tireless reporting on the Italian mafia has made him a target. In 2013, Paolo started Lasbia, an independent news site where he could publish his groundbreaking investigations on the criminal network. Within a year, the Mafia's retaliations forced Paolo to leave his home, to live under 24-7 police protection in Rome. Today, in addition to being the director of Lasvia, Paolo is the deputy director of AGI, the Italian journalistic agency, the president of Articulo 21, an association dedicated to the promotion of freedom of expression, and a reporter for TV 2000. He was in the U.S. to receive the Peter Mackler Award for Courageous and Ethical Journalism. While he was here, Paolo sat down with us and took us inside his work. So just starting out, how did you start doing journalism? What made you want to enter this field? Italia è uno dei paesi occidentali che ha Italy is one of the is the country in the western world with the highest number of journalists who had been killed by the mob by the mafia by international crime organizations and um, he learned about these journalists Giovanni Spampinato is um, who lived in in this same city and um, he was a journalist who was killed by the mafia years ago Giovanni non guardava uh, a che cosa portavano le sue inchieste well a journalist should be the guard dog uh, of the of the democracy and Watch. that's what Giovanni was doing. He didn't think about the dangers that an article, an investigation could lead. He was interested in telling the truth. Telling the truth that it's what a journalist should do. So I know you trained as a lawyer. What made you switch into journalism? No, non ho cambiato idea. Io vengo da una famiglia di avvocati che da generazioni... He didn't actually change his mind because um, he, he comes from a long line of uh, attorneys and his studies, they are helping him a lot in what he's doing right now, which is investigative journalism. So I saw in 2010, you started working at various outlets. What made you want to start your own site? Non è stata una scelta volontaria, ma è stata indotta. In 2010, he was working for this uh, newspaper uh, in his city and his town. The problem is that he was kind of forced to create this website because uh, while he was uh, working in this, in, for this newspaper, he was uh, taking care of various articles regarding the uh, investigation of the ties between uh, mafia and politics. And the newspaper actually fired him because uh, they said, what are you talking about? The mafia doesn't exist. So at the moment, uh, this newspaper has been uh, sort of shut down uh, by the big, big police because they had ties with the mafia. 
E allora uh, con alcuni colleghi abbiamo creato questo giornale, La Spia. So he created this website, La Spia, literally The Spy, with other journalists to tell the truth, to actually try to tell the truth. And they didn't take a euro uh, from this website because uh, the ones who wanted to offer money for, for this website, they actually wanted to tell them what to write. And that's not what they wanted to do. They are here to tell the truth. So how are you able to fund the site then? E allora, ognuno di noi oggi ha... At the beginning, they didn't have a, any job doing it when they first created this website. So they did a lot of voluntary work overall in the journalism, journalistic field. Right now, each of them has, a, has another job, uh, always in the journalistic field. Can you describe some of your investigations? And is there anyone in particular that has been most impactful for you or most important to you? Allora, io ho fatto diverse inchieste giornalistiche in tutti questi anni, fra le più importanti. These years made a lot of uh, investigations of report, I wrote a lot of articles and reports. Uh, thanks to his uh, investigations, uh, they managed to shut down um, three mayor offices, three government offices uh, in three Italian countries because uh, the mayor offices were tied with the mafia. So they, they, the government had to shut them down. And also, thanks to his uh, reports, they discovered the... Um, the, tie, the hands of the mafia inside the market of fruit and vegetable, for example. There was this case of the famous uh, Pacino tomatoes. Um, the most famous uh, uh, factory of, uh, the, of the Pacino tomatoes was run actually, actually, was actually run by the mafia. The mafia riescono a guadagnare su ogni passaggio e spesso noi neanche the, the mafia has its hands on many steps of the, the market but also in other fields but for for them for for people like Paolo the most important thing was to tell the citizens the truth to tell them what for example which hands were yes. behind the product or behind the that food Looking at your site, your reporting is so direct and it pulls no punches. You name names of everyone involved and you even publish the pictures of everyone alongside it. Why is that your approach to this sensitive topic? Maybe here in the U.S. you're used of posting pictures or uh, mentioning names. But for example, in um, Italian uh, journalism, it's very unusual to post pictures or mention names of uh, people, of uh, societies. And that's something that um, he, he wanted uh, to stop. He, tr he tried to break this habit. So he told people, told the citizens, uh, these are the names, these are the, their faces. These are the people that you should be wary of. So... I'm telling you what they're doing. Then it's your decision on which side, which side you want to take. I'm guessing that's not common because we've read that your reporting, probably because you're so direct about it, has put you in harm's way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
e io ho iniziato a ricevere minacce nel 2012 prima I started receiving death threats in 2010 they broke his car they wrote offensive uh, things on the walls outside his, uh, his house and in the end in 2000 in first in 2014 on the 16th of April they assaulted him two people assaulted him and they broke his uh, shoulders in three, three parts they fractured his shoulders three parts and uh, he's still dealing with the consequences of that attack and then uh, on August of the same year they tried to put his uh, house on fire um, but they managed to burn only his door from that moment not from the moment of the aggression but from the moment of the attack towards his house they put him under protection. In questi anni da allora ho continuato a ricevere tutta una serie di minacce. Ho fatto 130-140 denunce. E in questo momento This year he has, oh, has always received death threats. And at the moment there are around 13-14 trials open in Italy where he is the victim towards more than 30 people and only for the death threats. The last attack they tried, they tried to attack him in last year on, on April 2018 uh, with a car bomb. They literally, literally tried to make him explode uh, him along with the, the agents who were there for his protection. But the police found out about the attack uh, in time. They literally saved his life and the lives of the agents uh, with him. Five agents, uh, so yes. six people in total. They would be dead without the intervention of the, of the police at that time. I'm so sorry. I saw that they had to relocate you to Rome. What has it been like? to have to be relocated from your home. What is it like to be under police protection 24-7? Io non vado, lo dico sempre, soprattutto quando vado nelle scuole. You compare living under protection by, with living uh, in hell, surrounded by many demons and not enough angels. And uh, this is something that you also explains when um, they invite him to talk about his work and his life in, in school in Italy. He hasn't seen uh, the sea in six years. He hasn't been to a football match or to a concert in six years. Vuol dire che se la scorta ti ha lasciato a casa non puoi più neanche andare a comprare una pizza o un pacchetto di sigarette per me che fu. mentioned that uh, when the, his protection leave him at his house he literally cannot get outside he cannot go outside without any, anyone he cannot go, go outside even to get the milk or a pack of cigarettes he literally is a prisoner in his own, own home when he, he doesn't have the protection and uh, but this is something that he also says to the kids uh, he visits in schools Maybe he managed to lose a little piece of his uh, physical, physical free freedom, but uh, he managed to, to keep his freedom of speech, of press, of writing, his intellectual freedom. I mean, that doesn't sound like 
only losing a little bit of your physical freedom. That sounds like losing a lot. How much does this affect your personal life? And also, how does it affect your reporting? Is it ever hard to get people to talk to you while you're constantly around police ex- escorts? Io ho una grande fortuna, no, chi, chi, chi vive questo tempo, non io, chi vive questo tempo. Well, now thanks to the internet, websites, Skype and everything else, he has the luck to being able to virtually meet with, with people. He's able to talk to people through social media, Skype and, and everything else. And, and that's the luck of, of living these years in this important uh, historical time. Is it difficult for you to like convince sources to go on the record? Do people want to talk to you about this? How, how are you able to convince people to tell you all the things that you need for your investigations? Le fonti sono la, il bagaglio più importante di un giornalista. During these years, he managed to create a great deep relationship with all his sources. And as he mentioned, the sources for a journalist are literally the his bag of knowledge. So that's what he tried to do. He tried to establish a a deep, uh, solid relationship with all these sources, to be there for them every, every time, to be able to listen to them and to, to be able to answer them every, every time. How long did it take you to like establish those deep connections? Il patrimonio delle fonti è la cosa, ribadisco, più importante. For him it took a long time to convince sources that he was a reliable journalist, a serious journalist who put passion in, in his job. And you have to show that they can trust you, they can count on you, and you can also protect them in a certain way. And um, for some sources, it took him two or three years. For one source, five years. And for and this last person, you mentioned his information in your last book. I cannot possibly imagine continuing reporting under such strenuous circumstances. What keeps you going every day? What keeps you reporting such hard-hitting investigations? Do you ever consider stopping? I, I'm sure this is terrifying. Le difficoltà più importanti non sono quelle fisiche, non è l'aggressione, non è... Being scared, uh, it's one of the most, uh, one of the biggest host obstacles in this job. But uh, that didn't stop him. Quello che mi ha fatto andare avanti, però appunto, è che io avevo un sogno. I always had this dream of becoming a journalist. And the most important thing is for a journalist to tell the truth, to tell the citizens, every, everyone, the truth. If you stop, it means that they win. So we have to literally team up in order to fight, in, in order to, to tell the truth. You just have to go on and do anything to reach the, the dream and tell the truth. Yes. How many journalists do you work with? Do you know the other people who are under protection? Do you have relationships with a lot of other journalists in Italy? Can you ever lean on them for support? 
Allora, io penso che i giornalisti... There are other 11-12 journalists have the same protection that it has 24-7. For the other journalists, it's not like that they have a protection, but they have received threats. They are under, you could say, the light of the police for now. E con alcuni di loro ho un ottimo rapporto. Io, come dicevo prima, cerco sempre di... He has a great relationship with some of his colleagues. He's convinced that to win, to, to tell the truth is we should have to team up. I saw that you dedicated the award to journalists who were killed while reporting. Why did you decide to do that? Ho dedicato il mio premio a Daphne Carona Galizia. Daphne Galizia, he consider, considers her a martyr of freedom. He dedicated uh, this award to her because uh, he had the honor uh, to have a close relationship uh, with her. E, e ancora perché Daphne Caruana Galizia non ha giustizia. Another reason is because uh, she still uh, hasn't received justice. They don't know the authors who killed her, the reasons behind it. So it's something that he wishes to justice for for Daphne. I saw that you've been recognized in other ways. I think I saw that you got an award from the government in Italy and also we read on one site that you got to meet the Pope. Can you tell us about that? Because that just sounds wild. You also sound so important that you got a meeting with the Pope. Few days after the police discovered the, the car bomb, a priest called him and he told him that uh, the Pope wanted to meet with him. Mi sembrava uno scherzo all'inizio. Dicevo, dov'è la telecamera? He thought it was, it was a joke. <laughs> he was asking, where, where, where are the cameras? <laughs> Invece sono arrivato a Santa Marta. When they he arrived in the Vatican to meet the Pope, the Pope was actually waiting for him near the elevator. Mi ha fatto accomodare nella sua stanza. Sono stati 40 minuti probabilmente più, più importanti. They have been the most important, uh, emotionally important 40 minutes uh, in his life. And um, he said that the Pope uh, is very careful with the gestures with his hands on his heart, or with his hands in Paolo's hands. And uh, all the information that he knew about his life and his job, he showed his uh, total support and love for you as a human being and, and for your job as a, as a journalist. E la cosa più incredibile è che ho incontrato il Papa dopo quell'incontro. After this meeting, he, he actually met the Pope three other times, but various events and uh, every time uh, the Pope recognized him and he would hug him. That's crazy. Wow. So a lot of our news like focuses on how journalism is under threat around the world. So what do you think about the state of journalism today both in Italy and around the world? Anche nei United States. Il rapporto con i giornalisti Well, even journalists in the US have a lot of difficulties. Diciamo, ci sono leader al mondo che non amano particolarmente i giornalisti. Uno, uno fra questi è Trump. There are many political leaders in the world that 
don't really like journalists, journal free press. One of these one of these leaders is uh, Trump actually. He, uh, Paolo had a meeting a few days ago with the New York Times, and there he realized how free press is in, in danger and um, how much some political leaders are afraid of the free press, of journalism. Il giornalismo libero si difende facendo semplicemente il proprio dovere, raccontando e ricordandoci che i nostri veri... Well, we can defend our, our job by telling the truth, always telling the truth, also because the real the real bosses, our real bosses are not our editors, but it's the people who read us, who count on, on us. Paolo, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. And thanks to Elisa Keating, whose translating made our conversation possible. You can find Paolo on Twitter and on Facebook. Be sure to tune in to episode five and keep up with all things IJNet by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on the web at IJNet.org. <laughs>